0: Right, welcome back. Let's crack on with the second part of this evening. Hope you had a, a good break. Somebody suggested we should have an ice cream machine the next time. To, uh, uh, this session is on our own mental health or looking after our own mental health. To be more uh, full, full in in the title, and um, I want to cover a few things here. Now, um, where where this has come from? If you haven't realised already, uh, I'm a hugely imperfect character. Um, In fact, well. And if you didn't realize that, if you got to know me, you would realize that very quickly. Uh, I I came to faith... Part of my my story is that I came to faith in Christ in uh, 1989. um, Following a nervous breakdown of of my own. And and my life was um, a real mess. And I was... uh, very immensely helped by a uh, Christian pastor who happened to come into my life at that time through, through a series of events. Who was gifted in the area of ministering to people who are going through mental health problems, and he took me under his wing. Um, the first thing, and he he taught and ministered. And counseled shared the gospel, led me into into faith and and then very importantly uh followed me up, discipled over 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 several months, brought me into his family and took me around and brought me to his church and and so on the the the, the importance of follow up yeah is, is there. Um, uh, but uh, uh you know then he asked me one day you know what would you what would you like to do with your life i said oh yeah i i i didn't think about that i was uh, 17 18 at the time and i thought oh yeah i've got a life to li- think about i was just so uh, relieved to be back in the land of the living because i'd been out of the i'd been out of school out of work wasn't doing anything uh, couldn't do anything uh, and um, he said, you know, I said, so my, my instinctive re- reply was, well, it's very obvious. You know, I'd like to help people in the way that you've helped me. Um, uh, to which he said, you know, have you thought about medicine? Which I hadn't at that point. Uh, but that set me on a path of medicine, then psychiatry, and uh, I think you can see where the interest has come from <laughs> yeah. and often the, the interest in these things come, comes from, from one's own experience and one, one's own struggles and one, one's, own, one's own journey. Um, having a, a, a personal experience of uh, emotional problems, mental health problems, is, is by no means uh, mandatory. Uh, to be able to help somebody else, so 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 you're not so if you if you haven't had a nervous breakdown before, that's fine. Okay, you're very welcome. Uh, you don't need to to have one. Uh, you can be very effective, uh, and I'm gl- glad you're here. Uh, so don't, don't please don't don't get take take me the wrong way about that. Um, so one of the things that that. Uh, Really preoccupied me has been how does the gospel speak to mental health, and for I found myself between the years of 2012 and 2014 uh, consumed with that question. So I, I spent th- those two years uh, just thinking about that one thing, uh, one or uh, focusing on that topic. Uh, because it, it made, them, and the more I thought about it, it just made so much sense that the, that the, that the gospel speaks so powerfully to the area of mental health. You know? And this is what I'm going to try and share with you and convince you about if you weren't convinced already. Um, now, this is my understanding of the gospel. Uh, this is not a the- 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 theological course, and uh, I'm sure different people will frame it differently and, and think about it differently, and we're not going to agree about every single aspect of, of the way I explain it. We're not here to do that. I just want to give you a sense of how, what I think are the main aspects of the gospel, how they relate to mental health. Um, so I think about it in terms of six stages. let me see, the gospel, okay? Um, and I'll, I'll I'll talk through each one and then relate it to the topic of mental health as we go along. Um, so, to me, the, the the gospel is about God. It's about his plan, his story, his purpose, um, what he has in mind uh, for all existence, for all eternity. The gospel doesn't start with us. Um, it, it's not something that, that originates in the heart of man. And, and just you know, just re- realizing that life, it, it's, all, it's all about him. Um, not about us. We, 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 are, we are not the center of the universe. Um, we, we get to be part of his story, which is, that's great news itself, you know. But life doesn't revolve around us. And as I, as I reflected on that, I thought, this is tremendous. This is, this is great. This is really good news. I don't have to be, you know, the God of my own life. I don't have to be in control of everything. I don't have to solve everything. I don't have to have the answers for everything. Um, I, I'm able to uh, situate my one life uh, in this glorious picture of God's eternal plan and, and, and where, where he wants me to, to fit in. Um, and uh, anyone read Tim Keller's little booklet, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, worth a read? if you haven't already, but just the idea of how we can stop being self-focused because we can give ourselves to something higher. Now, if we didn't have something higher to devote ourselves to, it would be very hard to stop thinking about ourselves because that's all we have. But because we can look higher, um, we're able to get out of ourselves uh, and, and focus on him. One, one of the greatest freedoms, I think, is um, the freedom from being preoccupied with, with ourselves and our own concerns. Now, don't get me wrong, we're not, I'm not saying that we you know, don't attend to our needs and we don't look after ourselves and we don't um, focus on what's important to us, but as, a, as an approach, as a philosophy, as a, as a, as a centering principle... Uh, I put to you that the Gospel allows us to really have uh, the freedom of self forgetfulness of being able to put ourselves to one side and focus on on bigger better better things that 's step one again I put it to you um, the the When we're we're trying to explain the gospel, you know, before somebody can get the good news, they need to know the bad news. Because unless you you, you realize the predicament that that man is in, being cut off from from God, not having that vital relationship with him, being separated, uh, being on a course that leads away, further further and further and further away from him, then there's no there's no good news message to to bring about a savior that brings brings God and man together and reconciles things. So so yeah, I hope I hope we're familiar with we've got we have to talk about sin we have to talk about the fall we have to talk about separation from God um, and that's all sobering like I said earlier on and that can be hard to take if we're proud and hard hearted and 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 you know, it takes life's inevitable uh, experiences to break us down, to be able to receive that, to be able to let that get into the, the, uh, our very hearts. Um, but one, once we realize that this is the way it is, God allows us to get a sense of who we really are in our brokenness and in our need um, uh, as a way... As a starting point to bring us closer to Him, or to bring us to Him in the first place, that's certainly what happened to me. Um, uh, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have my own breakdown, I would not be in a position to be so hungry and so open to the grace of God. Um, but so as we progress in the Christian life, this this doesn't go away. It's not as if now that's sorted. Now we we no longer need. To have the dynamic of uh, repentance and faith that carries on throughout the whole Christian life I believe and 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 um, God, in his goodness and his wisdom doesn 't shield us from the stuff of life and i 'm sure in this room you know there are people going through all sorts of things at the moment, some very very difficult things um, and 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 if we uh, uh, you just see that as being, you know, that's just tough, um, you know, cope as best as you can. I mean, that's one way of getting through. But through, with the lens of the gospel, uh, our brokenness, our suffering, our need um, is the very thing that makes us come after him more, depend on him more, call out to him more. I, I struggle with all sorts of things on a regular basis, and each time I'm brought back to, you know, this is not necessarily the worst thing in the world because it's making me get on my knees. It's making me call out to him in desperation, and I'd rather be in this state of heart than self-sufficiently going about my business in my own strength. So I put it to you um, the, the ability to have strength in weakness is, is liberating, is encouraging. It's um, something that the gospel unlocks for us and allows us to have. We, we no longer need to fear being weak. We, we, we don't fear failure. We don't fear need. We don't fear, um, you know, not having enough resources to face life. None of us do, uh, which makes us Come to him to ask for his grace and fullness moment by moment, day by day, so that's the second point. thirdly, the idea uh, justification that we are made uh, right in his sight because of what Christ has done for us and is a double blessing yeah? it's not just forgiveness. Of sins that brings us to an acceptable position, but it's an impartation of his righteousness so that God sees us as being righteous in his sight. We, are, we have the righteousness of Christ. It's a double blessing. You know? Now, how does that relate to, to mental health? This comes, the acceptance comes before performance. So, uh, because of our repentance, faith, coming to Christ, you know, in our brokenness, you know, we receive the acceptance and the righteousness of Christ before we've lifted a finger in terms of serving him and doing good works and uh, ministering to the poor and preaching sermons or whatever else it is that we associate with being Christian, Christian service. And this is this is very. This is this is important because you know we, we in in the mental health field we see so many people who um, do not have a sense of fundamental starting point acceptance to be able to rest and think that you know what I'm okay I can live my life the best I can um, rather you know we see people all the time who are uh, feeling as if there's a huge vacuum, that they're just not good enough and that they have to look everywhere their whole lives to find the acceptance from the mother, the father, the friends, the, the community, themselves. Um, and they become increasingly frustrated when that kind of acceptance doesn't come because nobody's in that position really to give um, a sort of an ultimate... Acceptance um, now we see people who are you know a, a sign of, of of a good upbringing is where that is modeled to to a to to a good degree with accepting parents and affirming parents and that and that's all that 's all good uh, and that really helps a person 's emotional development um, but it 's not at the same level of acceptance from God himself um, so um to me, the gospel is the key. <laughs> it enables people to experience um, what it's like to be accepted before they perform. And indeed, um, out of that, that acceptance is the starting point. And then once you're, you're in that position and, and have received grace, then whatever else you do is out of his grace uh, rather than to try and get more of his acceptance and, and favor. So we're not saved um, by good works, and we're saved for good works, is another way of, of saying it. Yeah? So... Um, fourthly, the, the concept of sanctification or the uh, growing in Christ. Yeah, you come into faith we embark on a lifelong journey of growing in Christ, uh, becoming more and more like Him uh, in the power of His Spirit. And it struck me that the way that God helps us to do this is by giving us His Spirit, is by living inside of us, is by empowering us. There's a a powerful dynamic. And And it dawned upon me that, you know, if we're struggling with a resource problem, what greater answer can we get? Well, in theory, anyway, than to have God Himself as our resource. You know, remember our our, our little seesaw. If we have a, if our resources are less than our than our demand, that's a problem. Um, if our resource is God Himself, I think that shifts the balance considerably. Um, And and so, you know, uh, the Christian life is a lifelong journey of learning how to live in the fullness of his spirit moment by moment. That's how I see it. And and as we do that, you know, we really are building our resource, building our resilience, which I think does wonders for our, can do wonders for our mental health, our mental well-being. Fifthly... uh, the idea of glorification, um, looking at the future hope and, and as part of the gospel, part of the Christian message is not only are we made right with God now in this life, but also you know that that starts a process that carries on for all eternity you know i mean that 's mind blowing it 's really hard to conceptualize that what that really means, you, know? but it does mean that we, we take an eternal perspective on things, you know, that there is there is hope, that there's always hope, that, that even as we struggle in this life, you know, at the very least, <laughs> there's hope for the next life. Uh, now, there's also hope for this life as well, you know, but we're always carrying wi- within us a hope that can sustain. And that, to me, comes from having an eternal perspective. And lastly, in the way I understand the gospel, it also does, does, does require a response. Yeah? Once we understand what God has done for us in Christ, it does take a response um, of, of repentance, of, of turning around, of changing our minds, and faith of putting our trust in, in that which God has done for us. Um, and, and that, to me, is a dynamic which carries on throughout all our life, um, th- this this turning away from being our own gods to turning to Him as being the God of our life carries on day day by day, and and I, and I think is is a is a, a very um, helpful uh, dynamic um, to 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 live by. Now I'm. I'm, no, I'm definitely and deliberately preaching to the choir here, right, so I hope I haven't said anything which uh, is um, all that new, but it's just tying it in with the topic of mental health. Now, I've expanded on that. Uh, I've written and self-published a book called Personal Freedom, How the Gospel Can Be Good for Your Mental Health so I, ex- I expand on all that a fair bit more, and if you if you 're interested, you can look look it up on Amazon uh, okay for the rest of the rest of the evening, I want to just run through um, uh, seven steps <laughs> uh, to to consider. Uh, when we're thinking about mental well-being, to, to supplement what I've already said. Now, I don't, I don't normally like seven steps to this or three, ten steps to that, because, you know, there's no, really no formulas for the Christian life. Uh, so take it with a little pinch of salt uh, that I'm giving you seven steps. Uh, I, I don't mean that by any means, if you, do, if you do these seven things, one after the other, you'll be happy for the rest of your life that is not what I'm saying by any means uh, but it's just kind of like a, a checklist uh, just something to consider uh, as you look at your life You know, how are you doing in, in these different areas first one is again this is a Christian a, pro, a Christian perspective so we start with Christ, we start with God we start with um, surrendering to him, in, in relation to our struggles and our difficulties, um, remembering that brokenness can be a gateway to grace, um, the, the, the idea of bringing ev- being able to bring everything to God, uh, all our struggles, all our concerns, all our worries, you know, getting into the practice of, of that. Now I, I, I call that um, therapy. With the Almighty. Um, and it's, 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 it's free, on tap, uh, no, no, se, se, not limited in sessions, anytime you, you want. So it's a very good deal. Um, and when I was giving the course in the Belfast Bible Call, it dawned upon me that if you abbreviate that, you can get Twitter, which I tell people that. now, this is a better Twitter to. to I'm, I don't do uh, social media, but I think this, this is a good Twitter to have. Um, and, and again, you know, the idea that without him we can do nothing, and that's a life first for me. So you know, seeing your, your, your mental health issues or mental health struggles is very much something to lay before the Lord, to submit to him, to ask for his help. He's, he's very interested. Um, he can speak wisdom and truth into that area, come to him. Bring it before him. Submit to him. Number two, um, getting help if necessary, to to state the obvious. Uh, And there is absolutely no shame and there should be no stigma in Christians seeking outside professional help from the NHS or from anywhere else that they can get appropriate help from if they're struggling with issues which they haven't been able to resolve themselves within their church, with, within their friends. Absolutely no, no shame at all. In fact, should be, uh, should be encouraged, um, because, um, you know, God can help through all those different means as well. Uh, it, it is helpful to know how to get the right help, how to access services, uh, on the resource list i've given some 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 advice about there some resources to 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 find your way through uh, the system and some urgent helplines as well and earlier on we've also covered issues about medication and therapy which unfortunately in some cases can, can prevent people from seeking necessary help if they have unhelpful views about, you know, they'll just ask me to take medication or they'll send me to a secular therapist. And and that, you know, needs to be teased out a bit more and shouldn't itself be a barrier to somebody seeking appropriate help. Um, Thirdly, third step is this uh, what we call healthy lifestyle, uh, you'll see that I've put this in inverted commas because um, I think it's easier said than done (laughs) Uh, and um, it's something that we, you know, can trip off our tongue quite easily but actually how many of us are really looking after what we're eating and exercising enough and getting good rest and plenty of fresh air and, and so on. You know. it's, it's an area which all of us can, can, can improve in. And, 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 I, and I kind of put it in those inverted commas because it's really something that we need the grace of God. We need help. Uh, it's not something that willpower alone can, can get us there, I, I think. So, you know, uh, looking after those core things, um, you know, making sure that there's a good work-life balance, learning how to manage stress, um, optimising physical health. And I, and I raise this because poor physical health is related to poor mental health, especially if you have a, a long-term condition which isn't getting better or which is painful, disabling. You know, that's that's... It's bound to have an impact on, on and, and oftentimes it's 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 just, there's just no cure, you know. And, and it's about optimizing, it's about doing as, as much as possible to to make it as manageable as possible. And and you know, maybe trying different approaches and talking to different people, any second opinions. Um, you know. But just thinking about, you know, is, is my physical health optimized? Is it as, as best as it can can be, am I attending to to the things that that can be addressed so 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 speak, somebody who 's just just been started on tablets for high blood pressure uh, uh, I, I, I was resisting for for a, for quite a while, and then I, I, I decided to take my own medicine and and follow good advice and Read the information, and it, it does say that um, th- 33% of people in my age range have been diagnosed with hypertension. Uh, so I felt a lot better that I wasn't wasn't one in three. One in I, I'm one in three. Um, okay, ba- basic psychology. So, psycholo- I see psychology as a, as a common grace, you know, not, not the enemy of of Christianity per se. You know, like I said earlier on, um, a, a philosophy that, you know, doesn't include God at all, in fact doesn't even recognize the existence of a spiritual being or a spiritual realm uh, and has no time for, no place for... Uh, God in the, um, you know, in, in the way of, of seeking help is going to be at odds with our Christian faith. It has to be. Yeah. Um, but some, there are some things we can learn from psychology, some things which are very helpful, some ideas, some concepts uh, can be really helpful. I'm sure most of you would have heard of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, which is the most well-known and well-packaged uh, psychological system that's out there. Uh, not the only one by any means, but, you know, CBT. And it's really simple, and I would argue the Bible got there first. But, you know, it's, uh, uh, your thoughts are connected to your feelings, which are connected to your physical sensations, which are connected to your behaviors. And it's all impacted by the situation you live in. It's, it's really common sense. Um, but it's, it's broken down in a way that actually helps people to understand it and do something about it. Um, and we're living in an age where CBT and others um, have been developed sufficiently uh, that that people can explain core principles in self-help manuals. So people can actually read it for themselves. And if they're reasonably motivated, they can actually learn from books and websites and computer programs, um, techniques on how to think in a healthier way and how to make connections between unhelpful thoughts, unhelpful behaviors, and so on. So that's, that's sort of the, what we call a five-area model, uh, which is the basis of CBT. And what is, in, what is important to note is that you can actually intervene in any of those different areas to effect a change in somebody's life. Yeah? When, when cognitive therapy was, was being developed, there was a lot of emphasis on your thinking. Yeah? If you can change your thinking, you can change your behaviour, which is true, yeah? but for a lot of people, they weren't able to... Uh, it wasn't so easy, uh, and, and they were stuck in very strong negative thought patterns... And, and it became more obvious, actually, some people need to change their behavior first in order to change their, their thinking. Um, or, or change their situation in order to change their thinking. Uh, so, but, so you can intervene in, in every, and in fact, not only that, in some cases it's, it's actually more important to target the behavior before the thinking. Now, I, I mean, anyone who's um, struggled to get out of bed in the morning, which is, what, 95% of us or so, or so you know, you, you've le- you, you know that you can't think yourself out of bed. Right? You just have to, at some point, decide to get up and do it and, and hope that your thoughts click in after, after, after that. You know, I mean, there's some things that you just have to do first. Yeah. Uh, so, again, on, on the resource list, I have listed a few Websites, which I think uh, are quite helpful if you wanted to explore what's out there in terms of self-help resources that you can learn some basic psychology um, for yourself or even to help somebody else with. It um, doesn't, doesn't replace formal therapy, of course, but it, it's a potential resource. Okay. No. Uh, fifthly, the area of function, the area of activity. And it's, again, it's, it's stating the obvious. Yeah? Some people's mental health struggles are cle- very clearly related to extremely difficult life situations, some of which are amenable to, to intervention. Others are, uh, look as if they're insoluble. You know? But it's, it's very hard to do therapy with somebody who is hungry or homeless or in severe debt. There are some things that just need to be dealt with first, and you can actually make a lot of difference uh, if you address some of the basic needs, give people um, basic life skills to to care for themselves and to manage their time and to have a structure to their day. Um, Structured, purposeful activity. All of us need it. Um, it, it's, It's very, very, very difficult... Uh, for people who are unemployed, um, who who don't have uh, something to to focus on, to give themselves to. It it, it just leaves so much time for negative rumination and a sense of of worthlessness and and uselessness. Um, Relationships, the, the, the importance of being known and knowing others, um, the power of practical—I he- th- I think this is where, where the church can really come into its own in providing places for people to experience healthy, loving relationships. Yeah. You know, that's that's what it should be like. Uh, it's not, it doesn't always happen like that, but it's what we should as- we should be working towards places where people can come and experience what relationship is like and, and be helped in practical, uh, in, 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 pra- in very practical ways. Um, relational discipleship is simply a term I use to uh, talk about a form of discipleship that really relates the gospel to life, where, where people are actually talking not just about Bible Verses or theology uh, per se, but, you know, talking about what's happening in their family, in their, in their workplace, what's happening in their families, what's happening in their personal life, and being able then to talk to somebody or talk in a group about, you know, now how does the gospel speak to all of that? Um, how, how, do, what, what is the, how does the gospel, what, is, what does God mean in the midst of my conflict with my boss or with my rebellious teenager or with my struggle with a um, besetting sin, you know. So it's bringing uh, the gospel to to real life, real life issues. And lastly, of course, this is a Christian approach or a Christian perspective. Um, There are overt spiritual aspects, and the Bible speaks to all of life, uh, I, I spent the first part of this talk talking about how the Gospel I believe speaks to the topic of mental health. Uh, there are very um, lots and lots of specific passages that speak to real life issues and issues of mental health. Uh, our brother shared a verse earlier on i 'll share one in a short while um, also, when it comes to spiritual aspects i 'm very keen to you know, just urge people and remind people the importance of having a robust theology of suffering, you know, without which we really won't be able to get our heads around so much of life, uh, let alone struggles with mental health. You know, because a lot of the time we're dealing with problems which do not have uh, easy answers or quick answers. We're dealing with issues that just raise fundamental questions in the hearts of people about how can this happen, um, how does a good God allow this, and so on. And if we don't have some way of speaking to ourselves about, you know, suffering, the reality of suffering, and if we don't have some way of sitting with people and talking with them about suffering, then we're going to struggle, both dealing with our own issues and helping people deal with that and then lastly, spiritual um, aspects um, he- again help us to turn outward. Um, our, our, our faith is, ab- is one which is about knowing God and loving God and loving others and we're on mission and really you know, we're here to um, bring his light to, 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 to those who, who don't know and who need it and who are looking for that truth, and that uh, purpose in their life. And, and, you know, that, again, brings us out of ourselves. It gives us a real uh, reason to to live, and it, it just makes everything we do meaningful. So, and this is really important because, you know, it's possible to be, it's possible to be on mission wherever you are, whatever you're doing. If you're working in a bank, you can be on mission. If you're Serving in a church, you're on mission. If you're a a homemaker, you're you're on mission. If you're a student, you can be on mission. Um, And once you realize that, then life opens up. And you don't have to wait till you, you know, become a missionary or go to Bible college or become a pastor before you can really serve the Lord. No, you, you serve the Lord where you are right now. As long as it's legal and moral, I should I should add, I just to say that some things that I wouldn't consider serving the Lord in. Um, now, uh, and lastly, okay, that seems to be, yeah. so fin- final slide for this evening uh, just some examples of how the Bible speaks to life. Uh, we talked about the concept of acceptance before performance. We talked about the idea of um, living full in the moment, living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit moment by moment. And let me just end with uh, a verse that helps me a lot, Philippians 4, 6 to 7, which will be familiar to many of you. Um, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I've highlighted that phrase, let your requests be made known to God. I'm just bringing that one out uh, because it it says, let your requests be made known to God and it doesn't say, let your requests be answered by God. Um, or, or, or let your questions have a, have a particular answer. And I find this helpful because a lot of the time um, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm bringing my requests, uh, I'm, which, which, which is often, Lord, help, <laughs> or, or teach me your ways, you know, or give me wisdom or grant me wisdom or um, what, 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 am I, what, what do I do next in this situation? You know, and just the act of doing that uh, regardless of what the answer is, regardless of whether there's even an answer, <laughs> it, it does something. It, it creates a connection. It, it, it helps us depend on him. It, it does open a channel of communication and, and even even blessing, even though we don't have an, o- an overt answer to our request, certainly not there and then. Yeah. just wanted to leave that with you as an example of how one particular scripture um, speaks very practically I think to day to day life and uh, how we try and negotiate the challenges of life right well that's all I have to say for this evening but we will take one or two questions if there are before we finish up if there are If not, we can finish up there and uh, yes. So, if I hear you correctly, the challenge of people having to wait to access services and lengthy delays and the impact of that on their you hit the nail on the head it's what uh, we live with that's the reality and it's, it's uh, I make it sound so simple just nowhere to refer someone and point them on their way. The reality is what you've said. Um, long waiting times, frustrating waiting times, getting to a place and then realizing it's, they're not the right people and they send you somewhere else and That's that. That is just the reality of a, you know, not not just a state-funded system that is uh, uh, where the demand is more than the than the resource. Um, I don't think there's a perfect healthcare system that can eliminate that. Um, It is uh, apart from saying that there's a need for more. Practitioners and therapists, and better coordination and clearer pathways and and signposting—that's one solution. The other thing is exactly why we're here today, and which is why, uh, because I can see the real problems in the system. You know, if the church can get its act together, work together, uh, get sufficiently trained to do certain things well, not everything, of course, um, we can really help. You know, there, there are people sitting on mental health waiting lists who don't need to be and could potentially be helped very well by wise, sensible, mature um, you know, people, Christian people, church people. Uh, they don't know it necessarily, but... Um, uh, so so yeah uh it's a real problem and and my heart goes out to people who are stuck on waiting lists uh and there's no other option, apparently, uh, but you know my dream is if if the church can provide something for that, even as a as a holding measure, even that would be would be would be a, would be a real help yeah. You know. What could the church do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The honest answer is I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Honestly, I I have I have lots of I have ideas and dreams. I I take every opportunity to when I'm in a group to ask you know tell me give me examples of good practice. You know, and and every so often I get examples of coffee mornings and support groups and support for carers, and, and of course some churches run counselling agencies and, and some are uh, very proactive in the community. So, so there are actually lots of things. And so, so uh, you know, if we had some way of uh, pulling together, of uh, sharing what people are doing... You'll actually be surprised. There's really more going on than you might realise. You know, if anybody wants to take this up and be a coordinator of just collecting good good examples, it could, it actually could looks looks quite good. So that's that's one one answer. But uh, but I do think that there is something in um, training, helping some of our church people to to. Uh, come alongside people struggling with certain types of mental health problems, perhaps at the less serious end, uh, whereby we can, you know, and I suppose biblical counseling is one one vehicle for that, but I, I think there is potential for the church to be more equipped in one-to-one work, small group work, um, if we can organize and train well, supervise well, uh, and and, you know, Approach it sensibly that there 's scope there among among all sorts of i mean if you, if you can if you can tell me that this church is one where somebody who 's struggling can come and find lifelong loving community then uh, you know i 'll be telling you <laughs> come here <laughs> this is where at least you 'll be welcomed you 'll be accepted you 'll be looked after you 'll be channeled you you 'll get linked up with someone who you know, get to know you, uh, friendship. So there are, uh, it, it's, that's a whole, I'd, I'd love to have a whole session on that. Amen to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's a great note to end on, with that uh, reverberating in our minds. That's just where I wanted it to land. So, thank you very much, and uh, uh, thank you. We'll see you next time.